1: Welcome to Board Gamers Anonymous, episode 203, BGA's 2018 Anticipated Year in Review. We'd like to thank our Patreon backers, Keith, Amy, and Jim, for joining the BGA team. You guys rock. You're listening to a proud member of the Dice Tower Network, dedicated to bringing podcasters together for the greater good of gaming. It's sort of like Voltron, but with better lip-syncing. Find out more at Dicetowernetwork.com. Welcome to Board Gamers Anonymous, the podcast with board gamers and the insane fun we have at the table together. This is Chris. And this is Anthony. Well, Anthony, here we are. It's a new year. The BGA team's growing. I'm really feeling the vibe. A lot of A lot of positive energy here mostly cardboard energy, you know, but nonetheless, a lot of positive energy going on here for 2019.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. We mentioned Keith, Amy and Jim at the top of the episode. We had a lot of new people hop on board the Patreon this last week, which is amazing. Thank you guys so much for joining. And one thing I wanted to point out is that we announced this a few months ago, but we're actually almost there is if we hit that $150 a month goal, uh, and we're only $26 away from that. So it's about five or six backers, then we will be able to unlock our weekly contest that we've really, really want to do and just need to get over that hump to make it there. If you're interested, that's pretty good odds you'll win something because we'll be doing it every week. And there are a you know, decent number of backers in there, but not so many that your odds aren't great. So <laughs> definitely recommend checking that out. And of course, you know, you get other stuff. You can join us in the Slack group. We can talk about upcoming games, give us ideas for episodes or stuff you want to hear about. You can listen to our growing catalog of bonus episodes. I think we're up to 10 or 11 now, and we'll be releasing a new one every couple of weeks going forward, looking back at some of our um, classic episodes and seeing how those games fared five, six years later. So. Lots and lots of stuff in there, and uh, you know we're just going to keep adding to it because it's fun, and there's so many of you out there, and it's awesome that you guys are joining us. I really want to hit that contest level because we've been close for a while, and now we're really close, and so I'm hoping we can get over the the hump there in the next month or so.
1: Yeah, thanks for Keith, Amy, and Jim for helping us bring you this episode, and as all good board gamers, definitely check us out on Patreon.com backslash BGA because. If you're any type of gamer like I am, you want to see the odds. And as Anthony mentioned, the odds are very good. So a great opportunity for you to win games, a great opportunity to support this great podcast, and, of course, the best opportunity to be part of the BGA team because we're all together in gaming and we're here each and every week. And Anthony and I want to do bigger and better things, the conventions and the production Everything that you want to see us do and see us do better comes thanks to our Patreon backers. And the more Patreon backers, the better and bigger things we can do, especially during the convention time. All right, Anthony. So thanks to our Patreon backers. We got a brand new episode for everybody. And that's not all they have had to contribute this week. We also have all of our listeners and our friends on Facebook adding to our question of the week. So why don't we tell everyone what's our question of the week for 2019?
0: Yeah, yeah. So this is our first question of the week, which I asked last month. Uh, <laughs> so it is kind of a, a way to look back over 2018. That's what this episode is about. Looking back, the stuff we were excited about, the things we played, all that good stuff. And then next week, we can look forward to all the stuff upcoming that we're excited to get to. But first things first, I asked everybody, do you track your plays? And this is not the first time I've asked this question. but specifically. If so, what is your most played game of 2018? So for those people who do keep track, what game are you playing the most? So I got a ton of answers here. I think 25 different people chimed in and shared the games they've been playing the most. We have Matt mentions the DC deck building game. He plays with his kids. Pete says he doesn't track, but he knows it's Scythe because Scythe is easy to get to the table. So there you go. John mentions Arkham Horror, the card game and Letters for Whitechapel as games he's played quite a bit. Adrian mentions The Mind, Palm Island and Robot Lab, the card game. Uh, those first two I've definitely heard of in there. quick. So that makes sense how they make it to the top of the list. Walker also mentioned the Arkham Horror LCG with 43 plays for the year, which is wow. a lot. That's impressive. Yes, <laughs> I think he's All caught up on his content. I wish I was. Chris mentions Terraforming Mars. Martin says Azul at 15. David mentions Ascension. It's always Ascension, just easy to get out and play. Uh, We have Howard, a friend of the show Howard, mentions Welcome To at 10. And then Harry Potter, Hogwarts, Bottle, and Charterstone. Alice also mentions Harry Potter. Kyle, another friend of the show, mentioned Marvel Legendary with 31 plays. So... Uh, not quite up there with Arkham Horror, but still a lot. <laughs> um, so as you can tell, you know, people, it's not all short stuff, right? So some people's most played game is going to be something really quick and simple, like The Mind or Azul. Some people's, it's a big, long game. For me personally, I have two right at the top there. One, the first one is at 33 plays is Ganshon Clever, which is a roll and write game that you can play in about 15, 20 minutes. There's also an app, but most of those app plays are not included because I did not log the vast majority of them. Maybe some of them were. So I've played a lot of this game, and I think my score pad is like half empty. Number two, it's a much longer game, is Terraforming Mars. And this has actually been my number one game the last two years. So this year it just fell down, and that was 20 plays of that. So uh, I think next year maybe it'll, we'll see. We'll see if Underwater
1: Cities can knock it off when it finally shows (laughs) up. Yeah, I think it will. I guess for me, the short side, it would be Azul just because it's so quick. And since it's an abstract, most people know how to play it just by looking at it. But I think what's skewing the numbers happens to be Gloomhaven, because I think I got over 30 some odd plays last year of that alone. And I think my group might be starting back up again. Hey, Jay, how are you? And since he's hosting, I think we'll get a lot more at the table. But I guess the standard game that's gotten the most overall plays at the table, intentionally, I guess, would probably be Marco Polo because the expansion came out this year making it a five-player game and the modules allowed the game to be easier and more complex depending on what you played with the game. So that's kind of been the standby game. So, yeah, I would probably say Marco Polo has probably been the most intentional game that we've tried to play without getting locked into some kind of like endless scenario situation where you never get to escape because it's like some Twilight Zone episode where you finally have all the time in the world and somehow Gloomhaven has sucked it all up. So beware of the legacy games, my friend. Beware of the legacy <laughs> games. Because they they just never end. So but uh, I'm guessing maybe 2019 something new will come up. I think those standbys you kind of get burnt out by. Uh, I'm pretty sure maybe for Anthony it'll probably be uh, Keyforge, right? That might be your new standby. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess it depends
0: if I have someone else there who's willing to play Keyforge with me. Um, <laughs> as a two-player game. It's always kind of a toss-up. But man, I can get in a lot of games of that real quick. So uh, yeah, I, I imagine it, it will be.
1: I've come to the the feeling that this is kind of like the Taco Bell. Of board gaming so i feel like it's just going to be one of those things where people are just going to pick it up really quick they'll see it at the store they'll throw in the bag and next thing you know that's what they're playing instead of enjoying a high quality authentic yeah 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 you know experience we're done with that so It's 2019. It's only started. <laughs> so keep your chimichangas from the Taco Bell to yourself. I appreciate, and I know that they're only 99 cents, or in this case, $9.99. But, you know, bring good games to the table so that for 2019, when we get to the end of the year, it won't be low quality burrito of a game. It is a perfectly good game, and
0: I look forward to the tournament I'm playing in this Saturday. So I will just. We'll
1: leave it at that. Before we talk about 2019, let's talk about 2018. Last year at this time, and you can jump back to that episode, number 152. We talked about our most anticipated games for 2018. So we want to jump back and let you know what we actually got to the table, what we liked, what we didn't like, and what games, unfortunately, never made it there. So, Anthony, we got a pretty long list here. But I think there's some really interesting games that did or didn't show up at the table. And probably everyone listening at home is wondering how he felt about those because I know I'm really wondering what you feel about those because, you know, you went all Taco Bell on games. So let's get started here. Let's start with probably the biggest anticipated game for 2018, Rising Sun. Rising Sun. I was very, very much
0: anticipating this. I backed it. I was excited for it to show up. I haven't played it yet. So... (laughs)
1: Wop wop wop. Is there wah. a wop wop on in here?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, we had the uh, the, the episode where we, you know, our games of the year of last year and Rising Sun was one of yours. And I, I talked about how I had still have not played nice. the game despite it sitting here and me running through it multiple times. And I got a message on Facebook like the next day from Kyle, one of our listeners and Patreon backers, who's like, Next time we're playing Rising Sun, just let me know when you're making it down to the store. <laughs> I'll bring the game. I was like, I appreciate that. I appreciate that because I've this has been a really tough one to get to the table for me for I don't know why.
1: <laughs> I need a I need a bell and I need to just walk around following you around yeah. town going shame, shame until you actually get the game to the table. But I don't know, man, I actually got the game to the table and a number of my friends also picked this Kickstarter up. It was kind of a challenging situation because the kickstarter was very expensive simon does produce a very good product eric lang being involved typically is a good thing and it had some really amazing miniatures but really amazing miniatures can kind of let you down (laughs) massive darkness so i was a little concerned about this game and when i heard it was like diplomacy i was a little freaked out about that because not really a big fan of diplomacy But nonetheless, this game was fantastic. And I'm I was really surprised. I remember sitting down to playing at our friend Jay's house, and I'm like, oh no, this is good. This is not diplomacy. This is more like San Juan or Puerto Rico, where you're picking a role and then you're playing that benefit out. So yeah, I really like this a lot. And this game has gotten a lot of table time. I guess the only thing that's kind of, you know, thrown like a, a wrench into the into the whole, you know, production here is that. There is so much that came with the Kickstarter that you can play the game over and over again. This seems like it's a good thing, but what cards do you play with? What monster cards do you play with? You know, it, it's, it just gets a little too, too, you know, much. But it's it's been a fantastic game. All right, Anthony, let's get on to the next kind of super big production game for 2018 that everyone was looking forward to. Cerebria. Yeah, I mean, this one has come out relatively
0: recently. I just got my copy like the week before Christmas, so I don't feel bad yet that I haven't played this, but I have taken it (laughs) Hasn't been long enough yet. Give me more time. (laughs) Uh, Jason over on Every Night is Game Night has played this and he loves it. Uh, I have heard some mixed things from a few other people just because it is a little different. You know, you're playing on teams and like the way the theme is wrapped around the mechanics here makes it, Honestly, difficult to kind of get through the rules, um, which are kind of a a headache in their own right. But I haven't played it yet. I am very much excited to do so, though, and I'm fairly certain I'll be able to in the next couple weeks. Um, Enough people got it in that hopefully (laughs) that's not as big of a challenge as Rising Sun was.
1: Yeah, this game looked fantastic. I think it was one of my acquisition disorders really early on. Unfortunately, it was just way too expensive for me because I was not going to back this game with little you know, standees. I would back it to get all the miniatures and get them painted and everything, which cost a lot of money. So it's a game that I definitely want to see at the table at some point. It looks fantastic. Uh, maybe one day when it gets to retail, I'll actually get a ha- my hands on it. All right, Anthony, let's talk about another game that you and I talked about a lot because we like the earlier iterations of this game. This is Edge of Darkness. Yeah, this is
0: the, I guess, the full-blown version of whatever Mystic Veil vale ended up being, which is kind yes. of a concept uh-huh. uh, from John D. Claire, who's now released a whole bunch of games uh, with AEG. And so this one is a big sprawling, epic thing of a game that neither one of us has played, but I'm very excited about, to my knowledge, it's not out yet. They ran a Kickstarter about a year ago, might be shipping soon. Uh, it's uh, not entirely clear when this is going to hit, but it is a big production. So I'm not surprised it's not done yet.
1: I saw this at Gen Con. I love this at Gen Con. I have Mystic Fail vale. I was disappointed that this game just didn't come out at first. I appreciate AAG is a fantastic company and they know their business, but I think we could have handled this game a little bit earlier. So really what's crushing me here is the fact that this game is not out yet. This, unfortunately, once again, was another super expensive Kickstarter, kind of like Thunderstone Quest. So it felt like you had to pick one or the other. I really want to get Edge of Darkness to the table. Hopefully it won't be too long but another game that had i wouldn't say production problems but scarcity issues because it hit the ground big time for 2018 anthony it's a game you you love it's a game i've only got to play once of course
0: it's got to be root root yeah root's amazing this is this was a kickstarter too back in the you know late the, the previous year 2017 and it Reached the shores here around Gen Con. I got my copy. I've had a chance to play it several times. It was my number two game of 2018 overall. This thing has been huge. It's sold out at Gen Con. It's sold out at PAX. It's sold out every con it's been at. And it's actually sold out, period, everywhere until the next shipment comes in. But I believe it's like this month or next month. Just such a runaway success. And for good reason. I mean, the thing is, everything you thought you liked about Vast without the horribly overhead. You know, amount of rules that you have to learn and somehow teach, and somehow taking everything that's great about a war game but making it simple and uh, accessible—it's such a cool experience. And thankfully, of all the anticipated games, this is probably the one of the ones that actually hit the hardest for me, even higher than what I expected. I was like, "Oh, this looks cool," and I ended up loving it.
1: Yeah, this was one as you mentioned. I have not been able to get a chance to get my hands on because it's been sold out at both conventions. And that was kind of where I thought I'd be able to pick it up. So hopefully at the next convention or hopefully online, I'll be able to pick this game up. All right. So let's talk about a game that's all right. Well, talking about big productions, Anthony, probably one of the biggest ones and one that we knew about for a couple of years now. I remember posting pictures of it from a Gen Con, I think two years ago. This is Thunderstone Quest. Yeah, this is like the what the third edition of this game, fourth edition,
0: I'm not mm-hmm. really sure what they're up to, but it's it's a big old box full of cards, right? I don't know, it's one of those like ultimate type of deck builders that you don't see around yeah. very much because generally out of print, but this new edition is finally out. It's kind of expensive, but there's a lot of content to it. So I haven't played it yet, I'm still looking forward to, but I know you have a copy, so hopefully you get a chance to play soon.
1: Yeah, I have the base version of this, the base retail version. The Kickstarter version came with an immense number of cards and ways to play the game. It's definitely a lifestyle game just because of the amount of content that comes with it. So I'm looking forward to getting this to the table. And let's say maybe the next couple of weeks I'll be able to have a review up for this. All right, let's talk about another game that has a reprint. Another new version of it. Let's talk about Seal 2. Yes,
0: this is a game that I completely missed out on the first time through because I didn't know who Vital Lacerda was because I hadn't yet played all of his amazing games. Five years ago.
1: Shame.
0: Shame. I now own, I'm almost certain, more of his games than you do. So I'm just saying. (laughs) I tracked down a copy of Kanban. I've got the Gallerist. I've got Vinos, And I have this one on the way. I did back this. It hasn't arrived yet. It is... The most recent update was from exactly one month ago, December 10th, and it was on a boat. So should show up here in the next two, four weeks, hopefully.
1: Uh, Looking forward to it. No, this looks fantastic. Hopefully this game is as great as the great Vitala Soda. You may have more of his games, but me and him are besties. just saying, you know, it's a thing. (laughs) All right, so next up is another massive game that was about to hit the table everywhere, but... It really wasn't what it claimed to be, at least in the title. This is Founders of Gloomhaven. Yeah, this one.
0: So Root made my best of the year list. Founders of Gloomhaven, if you are a Patreon backer, you heard our Razzie's episode. This was on there as my most disappointing Kickstarter, because as much as I wanted to like it, as much as I was hoping, not necessarily for another Gloomhaven, because I knew this was not that, which still unfortunate because it's not really a good name to give to a game that's so different mechanically. But mm-hmm. the game itself just it didn't really click for me. The rules were so hard to get through and I just could not get to this, to the table at all. It is now in a box in the closet because I don't know what I'm ever going to get this played.
1: Do I get to uh, shame Isaac Childress? Sure. Since we're in shame mode, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> turning out to be a very odd episode here all right well shame on you there yeah you bought that bell man you got to use it i know i get the most out of it 2019 bell man we're not burning games anymore we're shaming games from now on uh we've updated our scale guys (laughs) two more patreon backers and then i get a second bell oh man (laughs) another game with a big name and another big kickstarter And every print of sorts, this, of course, is Brass, Birmingham, and Lancashire.
0: Yeah, yeah, this is another one of those ones where I didn't back it originally, because I'd never played Brass. It was such an ugly game, and I think when this Kickstarter was originally up, I was in one of those short periods of austerity, where I'm like, no more Kickstarters, you know, that thing that happens for two or three weeks every year. And so I missed this, and then just went ahead and picked them up anyways at Gen Con, and I'm so glad I did, because... So it's such a good game and such a beautiful production. Um, Birmingham, especially, you know, that jumped up to my top of the year list for sure.
1: Same here. Birmingham jumped on my top 100 list as well. Love the game. The original version, which I played was really, really bad. I mean, we've talked about some bad productions here, but this is probably the worst of all productions. And the game was just flat. The new version is better. The clay coins are amazing. So everything's better about the game especially the new Birmingham Edition which just really opens up the gameplay so big fan of it next up Anthony rise of tribes
0: yeah this is a fun one it was up on Kickstarter a while back I missed it but did get a chance to pick it up uh, over the summer at the cons and it's a lot of fun I mean it's it's simple it takes like 30 40 minutes and it's a very basic approach to 4x area control but it works really well and is borderline gateway-ish I've taught it to new gamers a couple times with had a lot of problems so even the take that stuff is pretty tame in general so it's, it's definitely a solid game i was surprised but glad this one hit the table so much
1: yeah breaking games is really not known for these types of games so i'm really glad they're starting to enter a heavier bracket haven't seen this at the table don't have a copy myself but i'm hoping to play this pretty soon all right next up is my big game for 2018 especially because of the expansion scythe rise of fenris
0: yeah, I mean, I still have not gotten a chance to get through this campaign, so I will leave this one to you, but it looks
1: really good. <laughs> Man, you're going to get so many bells after this. <laughs> so many bells. Hey, did, yeah, bells. <laughs> Rise of Fenris is the best expansion for Scythe, I think, so far. And and from what I've been told, it's the last expansion for Scythe, with the exception of some cosmetic upgrades, some metal metal miniatures and such it really does bring the game up an extra step. So if you liked Scythe, but maybe not loved it, this is really going to convince you how great this game uh, was always meant to be. So I really highly recommend, and I will never play without Rise of Fenris when I play Scythe. All right, Anthony, a big, big game that we've been waiting for quite some time to get a reprint and a redesign, Eclipse, second edition.
0: Yeah, this was a big Kickstarter last year, and uh, it was... We're all looking forward to it. I have friends who love Eclipse. I have a copy myself. And I don't know, the the Kickstarter was somewhat controversial because of the cost and some of the content that they kind of gated behind those higher costs. So a lot of people kind of backed out of this one. I'm still excited to see what it looks like in the end, but I also didn't back it because it was in the end, it was like Twilight Imperium prices and the upgrades, while great, weren't White to that level, I don't feel. But again, haven't played it yet, so I guess we'll see when it finally hits.
1: I think same thing here. It was really, really unfortunate for Eclipse that it came out after Twilight Imperium Four. It kind of took all its thunder, and then it was kind of like, well, which way should I go now? Because the Kickstarter was so expensive, and really, you can probably only own one of these just because first the cost, but more importantly because the time commitment of getting these to table. But if by chance you could do both, highly recommend it. I've read so many great things about it. Just unfortunately has not gotten to the table yet. Well, Anthony, here's a, a different game. Stevenson's Rocket. Yeah, yeah. This was a, a
0: Kickstarter I backed back in 2017. And I was pretty excited about getting it to the table. It's a Reiner Knizia game. It is EnoTool uh, artwork. It's from Grail Games, who's been doing a lot of Knizia stuff and bringing back older games. It's uh basically Kenetia or at least one of his takes on railroad games and it looked really interesting. Now, having gotten a chance to play it, it's fine. It's not amazing. I feel like I've had kind of a similar reaction to this that I've had to most of Kenetia's re-releases and new games of late. It was like it's fine, needs more. But it does look very pretty, you know, compared to some of his older games. Unfortunately, just didn't quite live up to the hype for me.
1: Same here. There was a lot of hype about this game, and it's just an average, ordinary, you know, game. So disappointed because, especially because of the price was so high. All right, talking about high price tags, especially when it comes to Kickstarter, feudum, Anthony, feudum. Well, why don't you just talk about it? Because maybe I just (laughs) want it to be your friend. (laughs) Well, feudum is fantastic. It has scared probably more gamers away from the table than I've actually gotten to the table because (laughs) it has this kind of quasi-fantasy kind of look. It's not a fantasy game. It is a pure economic Euro game, period. It just looks fantastical. And the card play is not hard. There's a little bit of programming as far as what cards you choose, but it scared people away because of the rules. It's not a hard game. It does take a large amount of time to play, but it's really a fantastic game, and it was and it was my top game for 2018. Yeah, yeah, and I haven't
0: played it, so there you go. I think this is the last game on this list, though, where I can get bells. So I'm just saying, there are a few like high profile games that I have not played, but this is, I think, the last one we're going to talk about today. So. Shame. It's worth. All because right, let's a- talk about. Like, I own all these games I haven't played. I just don't get
1: them to the table. <laughs> all right, everybody at home, you're listening to this episode all together now. Ready? Shame. <laughs> it's not, I like, it. I, not like I don't have, like, games on my shelf that I, what, like, two yeah, right years now. ago and still haven't gotten played. <laughs> not like I have a whole Kalex full of games that I have not played. Nah, that's not a thing. I haven't done that at all. <laughs> <laughs> keep ringing the bell
0: no one will ever look at your shelves if you're ringing that bell that's
1: right keep keep focusing on anthony <laughs> pay no attention to the man behind the Kalex. <laughs> <laughs> those games they only look like they're in shrink wrap they're not they've all really been played <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's get on to a game that i I'm, i know that you've played this is voyages of marco polo agent of venice
0: the expansion yes 100% played this, picked this up as soon as I could possibly find it. And I love it because it's Marco Polo and it adds more stuff, adds two modules, the ability to play with five players. You mentioned this earlier on um, the question today. And all of that is awesome. It actually makes the game a little less tight, which I think is important because some people don't like the game because of how tight it is. And this loosens it up just a little bit. Not a lot for people who are afraid of that. Not a lot. Doesn't make it too much longer either, which is nice um just a lot of really good content and now when i bring it out i kind of force people to play this even if they don't want to so
1: and i know for me and especially for you when people say hey the expansion plays a fifth player now yeah that's 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 kind of troublesome so this fifth player here is welcome it has a new additional board so it really doesn't break the game anyway And it's definitely a high high recommendations all right, so another game in the same vein, Lorenzo, Il Menafico, Houses of Renaissance. Yeah, I mean, same thing. These kind of came out around the
0: same time, and I picked them both up, and I was just like, all right, this is how we play these games now. Because <laughs> That's <adds>. right. <laughs> it makes it, I don't know, like in Lorenzo, it's the same kind of thing. It loosens it just like 0.5, like just enough to not feel so tight at the higher player counts, because Lorenzo with four players was really rough, right? Yeah. so. It's really kind of opened that up with the extra tower and the other options that you had in the game overall. And so now, yeah, again, this one's just mixed in and this is how we play the game now. I agree. Both
1: these games, essential, essential expansions. And I will say, especially for Lorenzo, the beginning game where you bid upon which house you want is fantastic because you're not bidding with money, but you're bidding to give up resources that would come along with that house. So has a really different kind of auction mechanic and i really like that a lot and i will never play the game without it all right so let's talk about a game that was also kind of big and controversial in a way uh lords of hellas
0: yeah yeah this one was a disappointment for me as well i mean it was up there with founders of gloomhaven for me in terms of like oh i spent a lot of money on this um it's just a fine dudes on a map game but nowhere near worth the amount of money spent on it the paint job i got on my pre-painted miniatures was meh the the overall experience was fine i just don't understand why it was just this big massive overproduced thing so i've actually passed my copy along i sold it and when all the extra stuff comes in in that second wave i will also sell that so if anybody out there (laughs) needs that second wave stuff hit me up um it's coming sometime this year but yeah this was a disappointment
1: I think what I forgot was that there are still games out there that are just Amerithrash games because so many Amerithrash games have really upgraded with like Euro game elements that there are these really cool hybrid dudes on the map games, which are fantastic. And Lord of Hellas is one of those games where it's not bad. It's just okay. And most of the time when you're trying to reach a winning objective, it just, happens to happen at a particular point in a particular area you're like all right i'm in that area i might as well do that thing so the planning kind of goes out the window and you just kind of get fortunate or you know other people kind of get unfortunate that's pretty much the game in a nutshell so i was really disappointed by this because those miniatures look fantastic all right so let's talk about a gateway game that had gotten a lot of attention initially and it's second edition slash spiritual successor came out and did something very different. This is Century Eastern
0: Wonders. Yeah, so it's the second in the trilogy. Uh, This one's Pick Up and Deliver, which is a different mechanic, but it uses kind of the same idea in that you have these different types of goods and the the things you're doing are represented on the tiles. You can actually mix these two games together, which is kind of a cool thing. I liked Century Spice Row, but I didn't love it. I, I generally just don't love those super simple gateway-ish games like Splendor and that and Orbis. They're fine. I'll play them, but I don't love them. Kind of play themselves eventually. Eastern Wonders, however, I do really like. I think this is a legit good pick-up-and-deliver gateway game. If, If you're on the fence between which of these two to get, this one, to me, is a better game.
1: Yeah, I was really intrigued by the fact that not only was it a good game on its own, but you could actually combine it with the original game and come up with a brand new type of game experience. So... That was something that I've been waiting for from the board gaming industry for, I don't know, like a decade or so. So I was really happy to see this out. And it's a solid, solid gateway game that people will really enjoy. And I think it's not gotten the attention it deserves. So if you haven't already, get a chance. Definitely play Century Eastern Wonders. All right, let's talk about something a little outside the board game arena. Let's talk about apps here, Anthony. I know this is going to be one of your favorite ones of all time. Lord of the Rings, the LCG app. Yeah, yeah,
0: this was, I, don't, I think it just been announced recently when we did this last year. Uh, ended up coming out at the end of August around Gen Con. And I, I actually pre-ordered all the special edition stuff because it came with like a physical edition of the special edition of the card game, um, plus like a replica ring and a playmat and all sorts of cool stuff. And I haven't really played this all that much because the game, while fun, it, it's not ama- it's not the same as the boxed lcg because it's not the same level of deck building the mechanics don't really work they tried to make it a little bit more like hearthstone and all those other games that are now coming out that are like hearthstone and it's not bad it's just for whatever reason has not captured my attention in the same way it takes a little long to play them they're like strung together in these multiple sections honestly i just felt a little overproduced and the mechanics that are there are great that are pulled from the game but then they sometimes throw other stuff in there
1: I don't know. I don't know what it is about it. It just really hasn't hooked me yet. I think, like you said, Hearthstone and so many of its other kind of copies have really kind of saturated the market. So when this game came out, they went that way, which is not a bad thing to do. But they might have been better off sticking to a more, I I, I guess, familiar board game slash card game experience. Because, as you mentioned, if you want to play something like Hearthstone, then you're going to play Hearthstone or you're already playing Hearthstone. So... I liked it. I thought the production was very good, but as you mentioned, they were going with a Hearthstone model as far as the cards were concerned and everything else was concerned. So a little disappointing here. All right, let's talk about one of the uh, big board game designers here. Let's talk about uh,
0: Reichholt. Yeah, this is the new Uwe Rosenberg game. Uh, It came out at Essen and they had some copies of PAX and I have not yet played it, but everything I've heard about it and from what I've seen and watching the rules, it is very, very light, very, very simple for Rosenberg. So... Not really up my alley, although I did like Neusfjord as a lighter game. So I do plan to play it still, but I've not yet gotten a chance to and just haven't been in a rush to do so.
1: Yeah, this is something that I I was planning on picking up and I heard very much the same thing, that it was a very light game. I was a little disappointed because I really like the theming here. So if I do get a chance to get to this table, maybe it still does get a, uh, a buy, but we'll see. All right, Anthony, a game that you played that was pretty involved as far as uh, campaigns are concerned rise of queensdale yeah this was the big euro
0: legacy game it's from inca and marcus brand and i was really excited about it i think it just been announced when we talked about it last year and i was like how is everybody not freaking out about this it's a euro legacy and in the end i, I guess i know why the game was not all that great um, it's it was fine i, I didn't dislike it but again, like any legacy game, if I don't love it, it's hard to recommend it because it's a big investment of time and money. And it starts way too early. I've mentioned this a couple times before. Same problem. I have with Charterstone. It just starts so early. Those first few games are just boring. And it takes such a long time to get to the good stuff that people start to drift away and don't want to play anymore. And that's a problem with a legacy game. So it's not bad. It's a decent game. If you have a group that you know is going to stick around for it, go for it. But it's not everything I'd hoped it would be. It's not like Legends of Andor level of Eurofication of this mechanic. It just didn't work for me.
1: Yeah, I kind of got burnt by Charterstone. So this was something that I was going to kind of avoid unless I heard, a you know, a real high rating for it. All right, I think right, let's talk about something completely different. Let's talk about some miniature games here. Star Wars Legion.
0: Yeah, I was all in on this on day one. And uh, I think I stopped. after day one like day two i was like i'm out Um, (laughs) but it was uh, really
1: really interesting for those two days (laughs) yeah it was super interesting
0: i mean it's star wars it's miniatures anything star wars i'm gonna buy and then i'll decide after that if i'm gonna play it which is not a good way to do things don't do that but um (laughs) that's what i do and it's fine like mechanically it's good it's very simple it's very straightforward in terms of miniature rules you know very familiar to people who've been playing miniature games for a long time but like all miniature games, it's hard to find people to play with. It's hard to make sure stuff painted well enough that you can get it to the table. It's, you know, the rules can be a little fiddly. You need a big enough space. You kind of want to build all the terrain and everything to go with it. But you don't have time. So it just doesn't really hit the table. Played it a couple times. Thought it was fun. But I, you know, the amount of investment required to actually play this game legit makes it something that is not going to hit the table, which I could have guessed at a year and a half ago, but of course I just didn't even
1: let myself think that because it's Star Wars. AEG recently sent out a survey asking about gamer preferences because they're going to put out sleeves for their Smash Up games, and they were asking, where do you buy your games? Where do you play your games? And neither of those is a local-friendly game store. Not that I'm opposed to local-friendly game stores. I actually, in fact, love your FLGS. But they're few and far between and the ones that are playing miniature games, they're not playing these. So why I'm a huge star Wars fan and would pick this up at a second. I think this might be another fail as far as miniature board gaming is concerned. And unfortunately you might see this or fortunately you might see this in the bargain bin at some point. All right, Anthony. So let's talk about something that obviously hasn't gotten a lot of attention here, but has some love out there. Star Trek frontiers I guess the expansion here, Return of Khan.
0: Yeah, Star Trek Frontiers was a Star Trek reskin of Mage Knight. It was good. I liked it. It was a little bit easier than Mage Knight, which is good. Uh, thematically, it was great implementation of the theme, but it was missing a few things. It didn't have a way to ramp up the difficulty. It was missing a few just... It, it's such a tight game, and then just in the re-implementation didn't quite work 100%. Return of Khan added a whole bunch of cool stuff. So this was an expansion I was excited about because I wanted to see all these new things hit the table. They did. The game is a little bit more flexible now. It has more stuff you can do from a solo perspective. It's more open. Definitely makes the game better. Now, should you run out and get both of these? Uh, I mean, it's long. You can really only play with one or two people, even though it says one to four and it is Star Trek through and through. So if all those things sound great, yes, go get it. But if not, um, it's a very niche title for sure.
1: Yeah, this is one of those types of games that if I did see it on discount, I might consider it because I'm a big Star Trek fan and I've never been able to get Mage Knight to the table. So this might be something that eventually someday I'd get some solo play in. All right, let's talk some kitty stuff here. How about some stuffed fables? Yeah, I picked this one up for the kids. Um, I was excited about it. Obviously
0: it was on our list, but I picked it up for the kids as uh, you know the new Jerry Hawthorne game. And it is amazing. It straight up replaced Mice and Mystics. And I love Mice and Mystics, but this is just mechanics are better. The story is more interesting. The kids are 100% involved. It's just such a fantastic game. I'm, I'm excited for more content. So hopefully there's more coming soon.
1: Yeah, this looks really a lot of fun. And I know that they implemented some of the mechanics in other games for the company. So hopefully this gets something that might hit my table at some point. All right, Anthony, one more time. Let's talk about some kid stuff. How about Spy Club? Yeah, Spy Club. This is a uh, a great little family-friendly
0: kind of deduction logic puzzle almost it's not really you're not really a detective so much it's more like collecting sets in a and fighting against the game it's cooperative but the theme here is fantastic the artwork's amazing it's kids trying to solve mysteries around their neighborhoods i think like hardy boys type of stuff really really fun and just such a cool different theme it doesn't really hit for everybody but it really hit well for me so i was just excited to get the final retail copy which is now out and i do manage to get this out fairly regularly with my game group.
1: All right, so we're done with the kids stuff. Let's talk about a game that just completely fell off the radar for me, Renegade. Yeah, this is a I mean it plays I think up to four
0: players, but it's designed by Ricky Royal, who's big in the solo gaming sphere. So that's why I was excited about this. I haven't really played it a ton, but I what I have played I really enjoyed. And it's it's very thematic. It's just cooperative kind of unique spin on deck building so it's hard to find i think right now it's a victory point game and i don't know how many they printed but if you like solo games if you like clever kind of difficult co-ops um it's definitely worth checking out
1: all right well another game that completely fell off the radar this time because of production delays brazil yeah this was supposed to come out oh i think
0: two years ago like 2017 at Essen. and then it didn't and then they said they were going to do a Kickstarter which they didn't. And now it's just kind of nothing is being said about it. So who knows when this is coming? Uh, it's from what's your game. And historically they release really good games. So I am excited for this. If it exists, I guess, I don't know if
1: it's vaporware or not, but it's uh it's out there. All right, Anthony, let's talk about another game that got a second iteration, Manhattan project two minutes to midnight. Yeah, I
0: haven't played this. So, uh, <laughs> honestly this wasn't even on my radar but i'm not a huge manhattan project guy i like energy empire but that's not really even the same thing it just threw the theme on there so i know this is a a game in a series that you have played and, and have more experience with
1: yeah i reviewed this a couple of months ago i did enjoy it it's for me better than manhattan project because there's a lot more player interaction typically in the regular game if you want to bomb somebody you can do that but They're probably going to have some fighters, so you're really not going to do that. You could spy, but you're probably not going to do that either. So it's basically a race game. Manhattan Project 2, Minutes to Midnight, it really is all about the kind of buildup that kind of was emblematic of the Cold War. So you're not attacking anybody, but you're making people really, really uncomfortable. It's a good game. It's a little long for what it is. If you want to play a game about you know, nuclear buildups, probably the best game possible. But if you want to play the best Manhattan Project game, that isn't a Manhattan Project game, Energy Empire is that game. All right. So let's talk about something on the Euro side here. How about Newsford?
0: Newsford was a game that uh, I actually played back at PAX before 2018. And so I knew I liked it Whoa. already. And so I put it on my list. Yeah, I know I cheated. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was anticipated because I wanted to buy it, but it was in the, first play section so we couldn't buy it and next week we'll have several games similar to that that we played two months ago and are now waiting for them to print um but uh yeah it's a nice quick very straightforward Uwe rosenberg game only has two resources takes about an hour it's not too light but it's light enough that you can put it in front of most players and not have them be overwhelmed like most of his games so i really like that for what it does
1: Yeah, I felt the game was a little too light. It wasn't a bad game, of course, but there's so many Uwe Rosenberg games out there that this is one of those games that's probably going to get left behind just because you can do these things better in other games. All right, Anthony, so let's talk about another game out here on the Euro area, Gents. This recently got a reprint and an update on a Kickstarter as well. Yeah, this
0: one was a Spielworks game, which means they only print a thousand. Um, but it was by Stefan Reisthaus, who did Arkwright, which is a fantastic, big box, super heavy game. Um, this is nowhere near as heavy, but it looked really interesting in terms of like civilization and like the way the artwork looks. Um, Tasty Minstrel picked it up. They did a Kickstarter last year, did their big old deluxification. And from what I can see, it is shipping and available pretty soon. Like as you're listening to this, it should be available soon. Mm-hmm. And we'll see that fancy edition at future cons. I never got a chance to play it' because I didn't pick up the original, and now just waiting for tasty minstrel, like all Spielworks games, I'm interested. I wanna play it. It's not like lighting my veins on fire with desire to play, but it's uh it does look really interesting. um, that's kind of a unique kind of quick card drafting style civilization game, but um, yeah, hasn't really hit the table yet.
1: has not hit the table at least the original hasn't hit the table. The new version, I know, will eventually hit the table. I think Game Brew is also allowing purchases of this game directly through their website, so you can pick this game up in the fancy version, although there really wasn't much to kind of deluxify by Tasty Dimensional Games, so I thought that was a little odd, but nonetheless, great designer's pedigree here, so hopefully it's a great game. And finally, we have Gandhi, the decolonization of British India, 1917 to 1947 anthony this was a hot game my friend i'm sure you played it last year it's not out
0: yet so <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, you know i
0: put this on the list because it has you did 19 <laughs> words in the title um this is a new this is a coin game so it's a counterinsurgency game from gmt and it's on their p500 and they haven't printed it yet so hopefully this year maybe next year i don't know Like sometimes it takes two, three years for those things to get printed. Enough people have to want to buy it, but it's counterinsurgency. Like, you know, all the old games like Cougal Libre and all those, but with peaceful resistance, nonviolent resistance. So Mm -hmm. I just want to see how that plays out. I like these games, uh, especially with Root now. I I love these, this style of game, but um, this is just kind of a new, unique take on it. So I'm still interested in this. But I don't know if I'll ever get it.
1: Well, there you go. BGA's 2018 Anticipated Games in Review. A lot of great games here. Some great games that still have not come out. And some great games that have completely disappeared off the map. At least the, uh, at least the board game map. So if you do see these games somewhere out there, let us know. Because we definitely want to get these games to the table. All right. So that's everything from 2018. 2019's looking good. Already, we are going to talk about our most anticipated games for this coming year on our next episode. But until next time, this is Chris. And this is Anthony. And we'll save you a seat at the table to shame Anthony. Shame. Uh... Shame. Shame.